Hello, good afternoon and welcome. It's Wednesday afternoon. It's 5pm in the UK. Got a very special guest in the studio that I'm going to introduce in a few seconds. Um, on Sunday, you might have seen that I went live to Las Vegas. Yesterday, I went live to Florida. And today, I'm going around the world again. I'm live to Barbados. So I'm really having a great time. I should get dressed up and uh, wear appropriate clothes for each destination, really. As always, thank you to my community patrons. So Hive Group, Tarsus Group, Easy Fares, Rarusni, 19 Group, Smart Digital, and SISO. And obviously, you can watch, as always, all of my content live on demand in video and audio format on www.danassor.com. So without further ado, in the studio, someone I've known for many years. We were just chatting. We haven't spoken um, physically or seen each other even on the screen um, for probably about 10 or 11 years. He describes himself on LinkedIn as a professional international networker, a high-level facilitator, and passionate about people and making a difference. So hello and welcome, Mr. Richard Evans. How are you? I'm brilliant, Dan. It's lovely <laughs> to see you. It's been, it, a, it's it's been a while now. Now, so I have to call you out on your suntan. I'm sorry, because I'm pasty. So now it's live. You can't do anything about it. <laughs> so, but we know this gentleman worked very hard. He's not just lying about in the sun. And we're going to talk about all of his different businesses. Just um, to start off with, Richard, you're currently in Barbados. Is that right? I am. Yes, it's been uh, one of our family homes for, for many years, for 18 years. Sure. And um, it was, I mean really good opportunity to come out here and, and launch West Indies Lumber at the same Fantastic. time. Fantastic. So what's it been like um, over there, both in terms of COVID? And I know the last couple of days, unfortunately, there's been a, a volcanic eruption, which you said has been quite serious, right? So hopefully you're okay. Um, but what, what's the, how's the land lying there generally? Well, the Barbados government and the Prime Minister have managed it really, really well, I have to say. It's been very well structured. It's, it's quite a small island population of just under 300,000. So they've, they've done all the correct things. They've learned from our mistakes. And um, it's, uh, it's been a real pleasure. It's been, you know, obviously it's been challenging. Sure. And um, just as the um, restrictions lifted, two days before there was a volcano in St. Vincent. So that's had a huge, tremendous effect on the environment so we're not really going outside at the moment but it's, right. um, they overall they've handled covid extremely well i must say good and thank you for that it's always useful to get a sense of you know where people are what the experience is like you know when i was in vegas went to vegas live on sunday everything's opened up and yet obviously in the uk that we're just about sort of reopening things like hospitality and leisure on monday Yesterday, same with Florida, most things are open. So it's good for my UK audience to see and understand that people are able to travel, do business, and the world has and is opening up. We're going to talk about a few things, um, entrepreneurship. We're going to talk about networking um, and obviously business in general and specifically setting up foreign trade links. Um, the Oxford English Dictionary defines an entrepreneur as follows. A person who organises and manages any enterprise especially one where there's usually with considerable initiative and risk. Would you, does that something that resonates with you? Well, I prefer to de-risk as much as possible, but <laughs> yeah, yeah look, I mean, to me, it's, um, I'm old fashioned, you know, it's about hard work and it's about keeping open-mindedness and, and also collaboration. I mean, absolutely without your people, without fantastic staff members and people that believe in you so entrepreneurialism is not necessarily about 
uh, it doesn't mean you're completely successful. It means that you've sure. gone through trials and tribulations and you've learned the hard way. And we were discussing beforehand, and I'm, I'm particularly interested in this point because some people might think, right, if you have to, if you're able to take a risk in life, then potentially you've come, you know, from a good background, so you can afford to, you know, if you fail, it doesn't matter. Um, but there's obviously lots of stories of people that have started from nothing that have obviously been very successful. So then that actually proves there must be some commonality between what makes an entrepreneur, right? So because if people from a not privileged background do well, people from a privileged background do well, what are those sort of traits that an entrepreneur typically extols? Uh, <laughs> working smart, <laughs> working hard. Uh, it's all about relationships, about people. It's about making things happen. It's about having drive. It's about winning no, winning when to know how to, when to turn the volume up, to yeah. be um, very forthright, to put it mildly. And the biggest thing I find is is knowing how to close a deal. I would find that the, the biggest experience that I have with people is that the ability to read the other person and to, to actually close the deal. Um, and that's the thing that the British can sometimes struggle with. To, okay. To ask, you know, you're British, you don't talk about money. Um, but <laughs> okay. I, I do talk about money because yeah. it's what makes the, the business deal happen. But it's about the core understanding of the relationship and not to rush. Um, it's not about making fast money. I don't believe in, in that at all. Yeah. So we, I want to ask you about a bit about your background because I started off with entrepreneurship because if you look at your LinkedIn profile and look at other articles about you, obviously there are reams of different um and successful initiatives that you've been involved with, right? And if anyone that sort of saw the graphic that I put out to promote this, I couldn't fit actually all the different businesses <laughs> onto the graphics. I had to select select them. Can you sort of bring to life your sort of career to date and then obviously what you're up to at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. My background was printing uh, and I trained to be uh, a printer and I, I worked uh, for, my, for a fam my family business for 12 years. Uh, until the business was sold in 2002 um, and I was extremely active with the charity world. I introduced uh, Nelson Mandela to the UK via my contacts yeah. at the ANC. Yeah. I introduced Kiss FM to my father that uh, because of my radio background, if you didn't guess. And um, so I'd always come from the media side of things and um, creating things was always my background. And uh, since those times, I've used those, uh, you know, people skills and relationships like with great people like yourself. And we did have a good time in the print. We did we have did. a good time in, in media. And it was, uh, it was yeah. pretty You were very good at actually looking after your, uh, sorry to interrupt you, for those obviously don't know, Richard, in my past life, Richard, uh, I was one of your clients. Um, not, not one of the most profitable, one, lucrative ones. But actually, there's a lesson there. Because what I found quite interesting, you, regardless of how much we spent with you, what margins you were making, you still made every effort. And I think there's a lesson, you know, you don't know where a small client might end up in terms of, you know, um, on your on your profit and loss sheet and how much turnover they give you. So um, would you say there's a lesson in that in terms of, you know, business, understanding and looking after all of your clients, regardless of how big or small? Well, absolutely. We used to work for a little business in, in the 1970s called Virgin. We used right. to work for a little business, which was my first client. I went into a shop in the Marlebone Road 
that was called Carphone Warehouse. You may have heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was Charles Dunstan behind there with a group of about seven or eight people that owned a warehouse that used to sell phones in 1990. So absolutely, you never know where people are going to, um, you know, come out of Sprat to catch a mackerel. But also yeah. the fact is that businesses nowadays with new technology and the amount of money that is around, was around, um, you know, things can happen very, very quickly. And, you know, there's some very, very courageous, bright people out there. And I think over the COVID times, there, there's been some incredible businesses created. So you never, never assume. Um, sure. I always talk. And because you never know where that person's going to be next. So you've yeah. got to be there for the good times and the bad times. Yeah. No, that's sage advice. And sorry, you were obviously talking about the past. So just take it to present day. Obviously, you're doing a lot of work with Lithuania. You're in the construction timber trade. We're yeah. going to talk about foreign trade links in a minute. But just bring that to life. What exactly are you doing day to day at the moment? Well, really, it's a similar thing to the, the print management where we used to provide a solution to connecting to a man or lady that can. So we have I moved into construction to modular construction, which is built um, off site and delivered to on-site. And there's obviously um, huge benefits to that in the um, speed of, uh, of the build and the quality. And uh, a good friend of mine in Lithuania said to me, why don't you come to Lithuania and trade? Please come for four days. I'm introduced to some great people. Um, you know, they, they looked after me, put me in a nice hotel. Yeah. And then I, I fell in love with the country and I thought it was a very good central point to be based in the Baltic States, near to Germany, near to Poland and obviously near to Russia and expanded about 14 months ago into timber. And, and that's really, I suppose, coming out of print and being a bit of a loose end, to be honest, for many years. Um, about five years ago, I discovered my niche again, which is trading, international trade, dealing with different countries different backgrounds obviously yeah. it helps if you read your history um yeah. and, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, to say the wrong or the right things um but basically got into connecting um people that required timber yeah to uk clients and obviously the world has changed it's changing all the time there's a serious shortage of building materials in the uk um so that was it and i actually love lithuania it's great fun uh it's you know, if I was to describe it in the way that you want me to describe things to the point, it's quite Germanic, it's quite Swedish, it's 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 uh, it's quite liberal. It's the the architecture is quite baroque. Um, it's yeah. international and it's central and it's not too far away from England. So for me, it's a great base and to be able to travel around the world and to trade with really good people. Um, so of course, I'm heavily reliant upon supply chain, which I always have been. Um, and customers are king. Absolutely. But yeah. you know what? A supply chain at the moment is that little bit more important. Um, you know, things will change. Things will level out. Um, but it's, you know, that's how I, you know, moved towards um, trading timber, introducing really good people. And the latest situation is that we've created Anglo-Russian Timber Alliance, that's all which that. is going to be actually the procurement of timber ourselves. So timber that we will purchase we will manage the quality working with our teams in russia uh with a partner of mine that's incredibly successful he's a um, commodity trader and we will look after the clients from the uk point of view and it's great to be in business with my best friend who it was my first boss <laughs> so, oh, <right>. uh, <laughs> um so just taking you back a little bit 
you said, you know, so obviously you've had to, excuse the word, pivot to, to doing something new in the last few years. Uh, and we're of a certain age. And we were talking, uh, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, and we were talking to sort of off studio that you, you've got to get back up and, you know, start again in a different industry. So what 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 provides you that impetus to do that? Because you mentioned beforehand your, your passion for life. So to sort of bring that to... Yeah. Well, I, look, I mean, we work in the print industry, uh, outsourcing print and radio, and times changed. You know, uh, we sold the company. The, the industry was changing at a rapid rate. And in the last few years, it's really struggled. So, you know, from my point of view, print was no longer an option. And so I had to think really seriously about what I was going to do. It wasn't easy. Um, it's only got easier in the last three or four years. Um, yeah. But it's that sheer determination and sheer drive that anybody can be successful. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, I'd come from, my father had come from a, a, a council house background, as you know. Yeah. Um, and so we was, we were always taught, the whole family, and the same with my kids, is that you get out and grab life by the horns and work really hard and, and enjoy it. You know, know when, when to, you know, how to manage your time effectively, which is always a challenge to me, to be honest, because I just love working. <laughs> Whether it be down the gym, and I am out of shape at the moment because I haven't been to the usual training sessions, but no, yeah. I'm serious, it's like really doing something that you're passionate about and my drive is just a naturally inbred thing to work yeah. hard, always, you know. So at the moment, there's a lot of, well, in the last year, a lot of people, definitely in the industry that I've been in, in events and exhibitions, you know, there's been a lot of redundancies. People that have had their own businesses have, if not gone under, really, really struggled. Um, and what, what sort of advice or message, not necessarily advice, because they might be thinking they know what they need to do, but you know, to pick themselves up and, and to think, actually, I can go again, maybe in a different direction and a different um, industry. What, what would you say to those people or a younger person that's sort of coming into the job market at the moment that maybe is thinking, God, you know, what am I going to do? It's a difficult time. What, what sort of advice might you give to them? Because I like to these programs to be educational as well. or yeah. uh, Resilience. Resilience. You know, to get back in the get back in the ring, wipe your mouth and get back on with it. Just keep on coming back, keep on coming back. I'm going to use the boxes terminology. Get back in yeah. the ring, get back in the ring and wipe your mouth and get on with it. And I think that, you know, you know, it's, it's, I think nowadays young people are amazing. I have to say um, with the people I've met and the, the knowledge and the streetwise um, yeah. the, the act, act, attitude that they have is really, really good. So, uh, yes, it's important to work hard. Yes, it's important to work smart. But it is resilience and being told no, 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 many times. You know, you, you can't give up. You can't feel sorry for yourself. You know, there's no one's going to really feel sorry for you. And if you've created those fantastic relationships as early as you can by networking as much as possible. And that's the problem. It's short termism is the biggest problem. You have to think long term. You have to be real. And you have to be there for people. And, you know, no room for flakiness in my world. You know, I have zero tolerance for that. It's like, yeah. are you real? Yes, we are real. That's good. Uh, that helped. And <laughs> yeah. to pick yourself yeah. up and to get on with it and to drive yourself, but to keep healthy at the same time. And just remember that you never know who you're dealing with. And you never yeah. know those people are watching you that actually, like with my business partner, after seven years, said to me, Richard, now's time to do business. I've seen how yeah. hard you've worked. 
I want you to be my partner. So yeah. I, I, you know, I do believe in luck, but I think I'm more fortunate because the harder you work, the lucky, you know, the lucky. You yeah, are. it's true. I mean, it's it's a it's a phrase that people that people use, but obviously it, it does it does ring true in terms of uh, a hard work ethic. You were saying sort of um, before that you thought now was a actually a good time for maybe you know for lots of opportunities maybe people thinking of starting a business what, why do you think that is because you know some people might say well god we're just coming through a, a global pandemic and everything's still not great why, why do you think maybe times of adversity present good opportunities always uh i think that the, the way that england uh, of late despite a rocky start to the way it has handled covid has been really um reminiscent of the second world war keep calm and carry on i think always <laughs> during times of adversity when you know it's been a really tough time for everybody and um everyone's been affected though my heart goes out to the national health service those that work in hospitality including my own kids that lost their jobs so it's, yeah i think there's a fantastic opportunity obviously the market's changing trading's changing rules of engagement are trading um, you know, some people have discovered Zoom, which is great. And uh, it enables you to think we can't go and meet people. So we've got a 30 minute Zoom call or a 40 minute Zoom yeah. call. So we have to make this as productive as, as, as possible and to do business. And I think that everyone's united together as a world, more so despite these times of adversity. There is a tremendous opportunity to trade, to come up with new ideas that no one had thought about before. Uh, myself with the timber, with other trades, of real challenges to get a hold of, of build materials when I'm actually, you know, coming back and forth, living in Lithuania, having those existing relationships already and yeah. being close to those countries that can provide um, those materials. So think of something that, you know, that we need, that we really need. And looking back on it, if, to answer your question once again, if I was to give a question, uh, sorry, a suggestion to myself as a younger person, is I know it sounds obvious, but, you know, I love the obvious, um, is think about something that people really, really need. And you know yeah. the basics of that, of food, water, and a few other things, and healthcare. But one of the things that people need is they need to live in houses. So that was what was always driving me, is the fact to house people, the housing crisis. I'm passionate about that. So it's really thinking out of the box. Um, and it's thinking about, OK, so what do people really need at the moment? And there are loads of things that people need and bringing people together like you have, Dan. And well done um, for I commend yeah. you for your 150 <laughs> interviews, um, which probably is more. about bringing people together and sharing yeah. knowledge. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're going to come on, talk about um, networking in a minute and, uh, you know, what you need to, to be consistent and achieve that. Um, I know we're covering a lot of topics in the short time we've got, but. Um, obviously, you're um, an Englishman doing business abroad uh, in different countries. Um, obviously, Brexit is now officially upon us. Um, just briefly, we're not going to go into the detail of treaties and all that sort of stuff. We're not going to put you on the spot. I'm sure you're well-versed in all of them. Um, how are you finding it? Has it made any difference whatsoever? Um, what are your partners telling you on the you know in, in different countries? Any impacts? When the rumblings of Brexit came along originally, we went to Malaysia to source money for our own developments uh, to set up a fund. We had a very good meeting. We were given the opportunity to, to set up a huge fund. And unfortunately, the, the owner, the guy that I met, was the lovely 
luckiest guy. I met him in Raffles in, in Singapore, beautiful hotel, never been there before. And I was nervous, very nervous. I had my case, but, you know, I was so sure of what we had to offer. There was such a huge opportunity in the UK. As soon as Brexit came, they said, look, Richard, we love you and we like what you're coming up with. The developers you've got, it's a great opportunity for us to invest. But we're really concerned about Brexit. And that was yeah. after me spending 20,000 quid on a trip to, uh, <laughs> to Malaysia, which I really right. didn't want to hear. Yeah, um, they could have told you that before. Frustrating. Yeah. yeah. It set me back. But the, the, the opportunity now is that I think that because humans are naturally can be more resilient than others. And again, you know, you've slapped on the face and you get back up again so many times. Do not give up at any time. Just keep going, keep the train moving. And eventually you will refine or find a very good niche. To all young people out there, get out there, work hard, work smart, and keep focused, but distinguish what is really needed. What do people really need? Yeah. Not, you know, just because you're passionate about it, because you could end up being a busy fool, and we're all guilty of it, and I've had yeah. many failed businesses, and I've had many successful businesses, but it's really about deciding where your heart lies and where you want to be and, and resolving that and staying steady. Yeah, no, that's good advice. And Richard, we were saying, how many connections do you have on LinkedIn? Uh, do you know what? It's not about numbers. It's about quality. Uh, <laughs> look, I got into LinkedIn, I'll tell you in a minute, um, yeah. 14 years ago. I'd never heard of it. A good friend of mine, Richard Guilfoyle, said to me, you should get onto LinkedIn. And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't yeah. even hear about it. And to be honest, it's a bit of an obsession. And yes, I do win business from it. And I've won some very good friends as well. And I've also kept in touch with great guys like you, I've always admired. And we've won some serious, uh, well, we've established some serious trade routes in different countries. So 27,000 followers, but you know, <laughs> it's about quality. Yeah. It's not about quantity. But no, but the wider picture I want to talk to you about, because you've mentioned this, it's, it's come through everything we've just discussed networking, meeting good people, understanding what opportunities are. So forget LinkedIn for a minute, but generally, and I, I remember many years ago, I think you said to me, you, you know, you do a lot of networking, but it's hard, right? It can be, it can be tiring. You're constantly speaking to people and, and keeping in contact with people and then not forgetting that you haven't spoken to someone for six months or whatever. How do you, what, what, what are the traits again of having to, of, of being, a, I guess, a professional network or yeah. building that relationship? Well, as we all know, networking is not not working. And you need to distinguish the two because what happens is, that, you know, to, to, to be alert, to be absolutely focused on what you're doing. Networking is a, is a real job. It's a real skill set. And not everybody is feeling comfortable doing it. So yeah. from my advice is to be, if you are going to an event, is to take time out. Do not go from events uh, steamed up or, or frustrated or, or in anger. You know, just yeah. go home, um, but be fresh. And basically, um, you know, just remember that you're there to achieve something. If you're not, then relax, switch off. If you go to an yeah. event and you're feeling the vibe that you're not going to do business. But one of the things that I do is to always get to a networking event early. Get into the room before anybody else gets there. And usually the most important person usually is there as well. Okay. That's a perfect opportunity to go up to a gentleman or a lady and go up to them and say, thank you for inviting me to this event. Can I have a card? 
give them your card, but that's like confetti. Always get their cards. And say, hey, I know you're really busy. Just to say, have a great event. And I look forward to speaking to you another time. Yeah. Now, if you have achieved that and you've worked around the room, you want to be in and out of that room as quick as you can. You're not there to do anything apart from build your network. There's no necessity to be there at the event right until the end of the night. And if you've got multiple yeah. events, like in London, any major capital in the world, you need to decide why you're going there. Why are you walking into the room? You're there to meet the CEO of a large property company. You see that individual. You go there. You make an impression as quick as you can, and you leave the room. Or yeah. you leave the space or her space. Um, you know, it's like a wedding. You know, when you get married, you know, everyone's climbing all over you. But you always remember those that just come up to you and leave you alone and say, well done, <laughs> yeah. Um, It's not the ones that are in your face. And I find that it's you're not going to close a deal there and then. You're not going to come into the room and do a full pitch. They're not interested. Sure. So just make the impression, revisit it, always follow up immediately the next day. Don't leave it. Even if it's a short email, follow up, keep in touch, establish the ground rules, establish that there's an opportunity to work together. But you know what? If you can't work with them, just be their friend. Yeah. You know, because one day, one day, something will happen. Sure. Like you and I keeping in touch. Where yeah, that's it. Yeah, forward. exactly. Yeah. And I think um, you make a good point. I'm going to touch upon events because obviously a lot of my audience are event professionals. So I'll just come back to that in a second. You know, some people, it doesn't come naturally to, if, to go into a room and just talk to essentially what a stranger, right? I, I, I don't mind it, but, you know, I'm quite bullish and so are you. And I'll just say hello and all this sort of stuff. Um, if you are not that type of person, what what advice would you give? Is it literally just, you know, take a deep breath and just go over and say hello or what, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, you, don't, you don't have to go to the CEO or the CEO no. or anybody. There are, you know, some very important people within an organisation that makes the uh, the team work. So I, if you're if you're not so confident and that you don't want to go up to the CEO or the director or whatever, is to go up to someone perhaps in a more management lower level or somebody that you feel comfortable with, and maybe there's someone there that's talking to them, um, that you could actually go to them and say, well, actually. You know, could you could you do me a favour and could you introduce me? So you know, yes, it's hard work. I mean, look, I was always thrown in the deep end. Mr. Gartz, someone, I couldn't swim. Uh, my dad threw me in the pool. You know, so <laughs> it's, it's you know, you've you've got one opportunity. I call it the stage. You know, your whole life is about the stage. You've got one opportunity, and yeah. to to make that happen. So when you're walking into a room, it's about creating presence, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to meet lots of people in one evening it's the right people and if you feel more comfortable with the follow-up afterwards then i would suggest you write to them to say it was a fantastic event and why you actually enjoyed meeting them yeah um, the event. no thank you that's good advice and obviously social media the sort of explosion of the channels we spoke about linkedin but there are other channels would you say that's made it easier to, to speak to people or actually harder because there's so much noise out there and actually, what is the best way, in your opinion, to cut through that on social media to try and get a connection? Because I'm sure you get connection requests and messages. Yeah, you know, well, they, 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 the, the, the biggest mistake to make with busy people is to send them a huge email, yeah. which I would say that 85% of the message you get, I'm just shocked that they make a connection. And as soon as they've got this automated service as well, which is yeah. really annoying. Yeah. Um, I, I would stop that straight away 
and yeah. the title wrong. You know, I you know I inherited the title, and I you know it's like if you're going to call me, call me something, call me my name or get it right. <laughs> but the biggest yeah. mistake that people make on LinkedIn is they send a huge message that you know I, I'm getting like a thousand yeah. messages a day. I'm not going to read it. You know, so they you need to respect people's time and social media is a great way. It's a fantastic platform for, for building relationships, but it's also got a very dangerous side to it as well. So which you're aware of. So you just got to be respectful of people's time, you know, and it's not about you. It's about them. And yeah. to, to build that relationship, because relationships don't happen overnight. And I don't care whether it's social media or meeting someone by the bus stop. No, you're right. You yeah. do not yeah. go for the kill straight away. Yeah. You build a relationship. You have to ascertain first. I know it's obvious. If you like each other. Yeah. I think um, I think you're right. And it's I think, you know, maybe it's a generational thing that, you know, you, you might get a connection and you think, right, they've connected with me or they've agreed to connect with me. I must want what I've got and then just launch into stuff. The other thing you're very good at doing on, on socials is, yes, you post about your business and what you're doing, but it's very educational at the same time. So there's a thought leadership piece there as well. So again, when you're putting yourself out there on social media, not just connecting with people, do you think that's important to actually give value in your, you know, yeah, your tech? Your yeah. yeah, I mean, look, you know, if I'm ever accused of, by the way, talking too much about my business, it's because of passion. But generally, really, it's just to say to other people that, you know, there's so many interesting people in this world. There's so many yeah. interesting businesses. And I like to share my experiences to create debate. And, you know, it is, it is quite political LinkedIn in, in a way. Um, and the, the number one bugbear I've got at the moment is people saying, this isn't Facebook, this isn't this, this isn't that. You know, who knows what it is? It's a yeah, social network. I agree with you, yeah. It used to be about jobs, you know, but now LinkedIn's far more than yeah. that. And it's about a forum of discussion and debate and, and, and um, you know, and opinions, which... Uh, yeah. Some are best kept to yourself. So. <laughs> no, but I've always found your I've always found your stuff. And again, we haven't spoken for years, but I've seen what you've posted out, right? And actually quite inspirational to see a businessman starting from fresh again, doing something in a foreign land, in a completely different industry. You brought to life that industry, you've been live to the timber mills of uh, of in Lithuania and elsewhere. And even though I'm not in that industry, I'm telling you now, we haven't I haven't said this to you, it's amazing to see for me to see that. Like, so, and that's just me. So obviously you're touching lots of different people. And that comes back to what we said before. You never know who's watching, listening. Um, so, you know, power to you. We, you mentioned events and going to events. And obviously, you know, when you're networking, connecting, you do it at a lot of events. And we haven't been able to do that. Um, are you looking forward to going back to face-to-face? Because -face? whilst this is great, um, there's nothing like being in a face-to-face -face in the sea yesterday. <laughs> well, actually, a few days ago, I met a guy from England Started talking to him. Turns out he knows the boys at Kiss FM. Uh, okay, there you go. I'm enthusing <laughs> about wood. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I mean, sort of maybe at a networking event or even yeah, at a yeah, trade yeah. show or, you know, something yeah, like yeah. that. I'm, yeah. yeah I'm, look, you know, it's happening online at the moment and I'm looking forward to seeing many wonderful people, including yourself. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, look, I'm living in Lithuania normally. I'm here for a few months. Um, I'll be flying back to Lithuania to meet various people, both personal and business. I'm looking forward sure. to. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't beat London and places like London for networking. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and New York. I've done both. 
Um, Amazing. Fantastic. There's other major cities that you can network, of course. But yeah. London is particularly good at networking. It's got that vibe. You know, it's uh, good news about the pubs. And I'm glad Boris is out there, you know, supporting. <laughs> well, the- I, I, I sat outside on Monday freezing because we can only drink outside. <laughs> well, I was sweating a moment because I turned off my fan. But it's oh, okay. we're sorry about that. Well, we're wrapping for you, you know. <laughs> We're wrap, wrapping up in a minute. Um, interesting that obviously you've you've done business in many different cities. Um, do you, do you think business is different in different places? I mean, obviously there are subtle nuances in terms of you know, but what what's your view in terms of commonalities in business in different areas of the world? It's about being sensitive to their culture, to understanding where they're coming from. But generally, basically, it's about the connection, which happens in a few seconds. Yeah, it's like love. You know, you know when you meet someone. And, um, oh, I didn't know we were going to go down this route. <laughs> Richard's loves love house. Um, and finally, Richard, um, what event would you say you're most looking forward to doing that you haven't managed to, say, in the last year because of the pandemic and everything else, whether it's, you know, a, a personal thing or professional? Oh, yeah, it's just... You know, birthday parties and things yeah. like that. And also, and that sounds terrible, but funerals, you know, cele- celebrating lives of some very special people um, when we're, you know, attending a, um, a variety of different religions, including a Jewish uh, funeral recently, which was pretty awful because uh, we weren't able to pay our respects. So we had a very nice um, ceremony send-off. But, yeah, it's, it's disappointing, that kind of level of graduation for kids, birthdays, and sure. every other situation you can think of. So I'm looking forward to getting back to that. Fantastic. And I know we were speaking before, we're going to do another programme where we'll delve more into more detail about the housing industry and the shortage of houses, because um, obviously that's something passionate about that you're obviously doing at the moment to try and solve that. So we'd love you to come back onto the program and we'll talk more more detail about that. So, um, Richard Evans, thank you so much for your time this thank afternoon. You. I don't even know what time it is where you are, actually. I've, I've lost track of all the time differences. 12, 12 something. Right, midday, obviously. So um, you, you're going to spend the rest of the day, I'm sure. I don't know. What are you doing today? <laughs> I, I'm working working from here, stuck in my, uh, my uh, temporary hotel because we've just sold yeah. the house. So. And when are you when are you back off to Lithuania? As soon as I can get through this uh, volcano ash, I am right. going to Lithuania. Okay, we look forward to seeing more of your videos up on up online and keep them going because they definitely are inspirational for people you probably wouldn't expect. Thanks, man. Thank you to the viewers. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Stay in the green room. I'll, I'll, I'll be back and I'll, I'll have a chat. Cheers. 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 So that was Richard Evans very kindly giving us his time from Barbados. So, you know, we only touched upon uh, a few things there in terms of Richard's business, but we will go back into more detail. I'm sure Richard comes back on his on, on our program again, talk about housing industry, because it is something that he's passionate about and is, you know, needs a lot of fixing, definitely in the UK, never mind elsewhere. Um, thank you so much for listening up this Wednesday afternoon. Um Please check danassor.com, the schedule for all my shows and all my content. And thanks for listening live, on demand, and in audio. So have a great rest of your Wednesday evening. <laughs>